So my, my parents, I love my parents. My mom listens and watches. I love you, mother. Um, hi. Hi. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Clemente. <laughs> They, uh, but they, and I, I have, I've taken on some of it, but I try to be better, but my parents love holding on to stuff. You do. You love holding on to stuff and they know where I'm going with this and my mom's probably turning me off. Um, (laughs) When they moved from Chicago to Las Vegas, it took, now granted, we, we lived in a big Chicago bungalow my grandfather would live with, lived with us for a time. I had an aunt that lived with us for a time. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just the three of us in that house for the 30 years they owned the house. Um, but when they moved out, it took me four dumpsters to empty that bungalow of all the junk that had been saved up for 30 years, some of it even from my grandparents' homes when they moved out to Las Vegas. And my, my parents ended up moving out there to take care of my grandfather through the last couple of years of his life. Um, but it was just all this stuff. And, and uh, granted, a lot of it was also my stuff. Um, but like, they just throw it away. And we even found, I, I just remember this, they, they found Christmas gifts they bought me that they hid so that I wouldn't find them. Forgot where they hid them, and we're finding these like beautiful like gifts that are twenty five years old. Collector items now. Not collector items, yeah. It's uh, you know donated them away. Oh man, um, missed an opportunity there. Yeah, whatever. Could've put them on it's eBay. Detached. I was detached. You could have made at least thirty four dollars. <laughs> yeah, whole thirty four dollars. Uh, oh my goodness. So. And now they're, you know, they're, now they're, they went from, and my parents went from this big Chicago bungalow to a two bedroom condo in, in Nevada. But, um, did they, st- you all stack, I know they're listening, they stacked the little U Haul truck we rented <laughs> to the, to the brim of, anyway, detachment. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm sure, I'm not sure, I know, I've seen this often. <laughs> so, some of us have a problem with, Detachment more than others. Um, some maybe still be recovering from their detach or their attachment issues. Is there a reason why you keep gesturing to me when you <laughs> say that word some? <laughs> but I, you know, I, you said you may have some experience with this. I'm, I'm a seasoned veteran with attachment. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, it is, it's, it's a real, the struggle is real, dear listener, for me. Uh, I, and, I, we're not, and we're not talking about those that suffer from like hoarding and that because there, there are some mental health issues around those kinds of things right. so we're not talking about that we're just talking about holding on to st- having an, an an unhealthy attachment to things for whatever reason it might be nostalgia it might be i might need that someday uh you know holding on to this will save me money in the long run we can come up with all the excuses to remain attached to these things but then at some point we do need to let go because we're not called to be comfortable and to have the things of this world. We're called to have the things of heaven. That's, That's right. ultimately what we want to talk about on today's podcast. Okay. It's a therapy session, dear therapy. listener. You're going to make this a little therapeutic today. <laughs> For me. For me. <laughs> Welcome to Ed Talks, where we inspire saints to inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneric. I over, over throw things away. At not, I wish I could say because I have this like spiritual maturity and that I am detached. I think I'm just trying to overcorrect what I learned from my parents. I just want to 
pitch everything. Um, but in some sense, too, I mean, they're, you know, spiritually, I have been, that's something I have been working on ever since I was in seminary, of not trying to be too attached to the things. Um, and that was something I, I did have to consciously work on because I knew I would never have a job that would give me this great income to have all of these all this stuff like I can't just go on Amazon and buy anything that I want and so I there was some mental preparation in seminary to kind of be used to that and a lot of it came from a Dominican priest I met uh, they take a vow of poverty they do they take a vow of poverty um, diocesan priests do not I do not so I do get a salary um, but this Dominican priest he's, he was mentioning which vows in life get the hardest hmm. to live so he said as, as a young priest Poverty was really difficult. No, I'm sorry. Take it back. Uh, celibacy was hard yeah. as a young priest because all of his friends are getting married as non-priest mm. friends. And then in middle age life, obedience. Mm. I'm sorry. Poverty gets hard in middle age because now all of his secular friends have jobs. They've saved money. They're going on these vacations. They're buying houses and cars, and they have their families. Uh, so poverty becomes hard in middle age, and then now he was an el- elder priest. He said obedience becomes mm. the difficult one because now his secular friends are retiring. They're free from their, their jobs and their careers. They're, they're empty nesters. Their kids are grown up and out. So now it's them and their wives, hopefully, or the single people that are able to just kind of really be free because all their, their obligations have left them, and he's still, as a Dominican. He doesn't retire from Dominican. Uh, he's still doing the work day in and out. See, this is, this is again spoken as a man who's never been married to assume that just because you retired <laughs> you don't have a boss anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Your boss wears the ring that you gave her and uh, she, uh, she is, she's a good boss. <laughs> she's a good, good boss. The best boss. Of course. Um, but yeah, I think, well, the, the, so I think diving backwards mm-hmm. into where this is coming from, because I think that's really cool and really a wise, yeah. the, uh, long-term view, right? A bird's eye view of, of the stages of life and kind of where our hearts are tugged, that, mm-hmm. that concupiscence that is, that is part of all of us as a fallen human nature, that inclination to misjudge the true good Mm -hmm. from the fleeting good of like temporal pleasures or whatever, or, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, renown, prestige, whatever it is. Um, And so going to my favorite book right here, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, So literally in the very first, so this is part two of article eight, um, and, uh, of, of, of part What's three. What's the paragraph number? 1849, 1850. That's okay, that's what matters. Thank you. Um, sin. And so it literally is a, the definition of sin. And it says, Sin is an offense against reason, truth, and right conscience. It is failure and genuine love for God and neighbor caused by, and here it is, in the very first sentence of the definition of sin, caused by a perverse attachment to certain goods. Now, we have in English this Connotations, especially 21st century, we hear the word perverse, we think, we go, we go like gross. Like sex stuff, right. yeah. It's not that. Perverse just means disordered, mm-hmm. right? That's all it means. It means an untrue, uh, that, that's all that it means. So we f- put a false attachment to certain goods, and for each person it's mm-hmm. going to be a different thing. But for, for us in the 21st century, 
in America when we are awash with consu- in consumerism and with cheap goods, easily attainable. I mean, push of the button and they show up a day later. I think one of the big, big challenges is attachment to worldly goods, to stuff. Absolutely. To stuff. So that is why um, we wanted to, Val was like, oh, let's talk about detachment. We're like, yes, this is it. I think this is a, a huge challenge for us in this moment in human history and in this place. $1,100 toaster. I mean, that, that's a perverse attachment that is, that is not helping to build the kingdom of God because $1,100 on a toaster that you can get a perfectly fine toaster at Target for... I don't know. Maybe seventy dollars would be a nice toaster. I don't even that. I haven't bought a toaster. That's an expensive toaster. I, when I arrived here at Saint Ed's, we had a toaster in the kitchen. It works fine. Yeah. It's. I'm sure they didn't spend no eleven hundred dollars on a toaster. Yeah. But that, like, now just thinking about that attachment to needing something that expensive because of the brand and and what it 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 represents some kind of class status, right? It can easily go that way. Yeah. You can buy. A $70 toaster and the difference in that money you could donate to the poor. And now you're helping others in the kingdom of God and you're taking care of your own needs. And it's by no means buying a, a going to, you know, we're not, I'm not saying go to like Goodwill and pick up a used toaster that might last another year or two. Like buy your family a, a toaster <laughs> or a vacuum or a computer. Or whatever, good a nice couch that's going to last. You're going to get your money's worth out of it, but to have this perverse attachment to something because of what it is, and that it's it's all comes down to pride ultimately yeah. and greed. You know that's that's what makes the the, the attachment perverse and yeah. not focused on heaven. Yeah, you know? that like disordered, right? That, yes. and I think. Um, there's nothing wrong with buying nice things that are worth what you're paying. But if I'm just buying it for these sinful reasons, that's that's what we that's what we need to work on, right? Why why do I need this this brand whatever and why do I need to show off that it has the label on it? And... I mean, that's a good question, right? It's a good question to ask yourself uh, before you make purchases, especially big purchases, mm-hmm. when you sit there with your, your spouse or if you don't have a spouse by yourself or if you have children with, cho- with whatever, you say, why do we need this thing? Mm-hmm. Like really sit down yeah. and ask each other. Before, just make a pack. Like before we get... Why you're, you're a single we, person. Ask yourself. Right, why do, why I, do I need this? And then think about what you need it for and then say, all right, is this the best way to satisfy that need? Mm-hmm. Is that the best way to address this need that I've, that I've articulated, that I've, that I've come up with, I've identified this need, and is this the best way? And it, it might be. It might be that sometimes a brand name, high-level thing offers you features that are really going to help you as a family to cut down your time of cleaning and so you can spend more time as a family, something like that. Like It, it, it is totally conceivable. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting to the that really tricky beatitude right now of poor in spirit, yeah. right? And it's a very hard one because Jesus didn't say, blessed are the poor. Right. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And that can apply just as well to someone who is destitute mm-hmm. as it does to a millionaire. I think it is, as he 
also articulates harder as a millionaire to be poor in spirit. Oh, absolutely. But it's it's and it, but it is just a, a poor person can lack poverty in spirit, and a millionaire can possess it in spades. And I think that that's that idea of of detachment that we're talking about right now. Of how do we become driven by our Cardinal George once famously said to a room full of wealthy donors, the poor need you to survive and you need the poor to get into heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't taken very well, but to that, I mean, to your point, I mean, yes, we, someone who does well for themselves, there's nothing wrong with, with living within your means. And if you have great means, then live greatly. Um, But, you also need to, to share, right? And for those that are poorer, um, they shouldn't be spending all their time just angry at God because they're poor and blaming God for their poverty. Like That's also a, a time to also be poor in spirit and trust in the Lord that he'll take care of you. And, and so, but to have a detachment from these, these things. You, um, you mentioned sin. And as we continue, like mm-hmm. that, this idea of like a disordered attachment, a perverse attachment to stuff, to things, to goods. Um, and again, there's all these words are goods. Like this, not that these things are necessarily, it's not a bad thing to have a toaster, right? A toaster is not an evil thing. It's a toaster. But it can become disordered when we are focused so much on getting the highest brand of toaster that does 7,000 things when right. really we only needed to do one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't know the person's situation. I don't know what this toaster does, but this is just an example. It um, toast bread. <laughs> that's warm, what it does. Warms it up. Yeah. Puts a little marks I on doubt it. it massages feet. I doubt it sings. Well, that's disappointing. I doubt it cleans the kitchen for you. So this is here again, moving out slightly forward. Um, this idea of venial sin, right? Because a lot yeah. of times what we're talking about is, it, is venial sin. It's like a gradual weakening of our ability to hold grace. Mm-hmm. And, and it can become mortal, right? That's what venial it, it draws us away and kind of shuts us off. That classic window analogy, right? Like mm-hmm. here's a window after baptism. It is pristine. It is see-through, transparent, perfectly smudge marks get on it. Those are like venial sins. You can still see through it, but there's some smudges. D- mortal sin is when it's blacked over mm-hmm. with like just mud all over. You can't see through it anymore. And so the more fingerprints we put on it, the more we're like, ah, it's already dirty. A little bit of mud isn't going to be a big deal. So, so that's the danger of venial sin. So here we go. 1862. One commits venial sin when in a less serious matter, he does not observe the standard prescribed by the moral law. So we go on to 1863. Venial sin weakens charity. It, charity, our love. God himself is love personified in, uh, perf- perfectly. It manifests a disordered affection for created goods. Mm-hmm. And it impedes the soul's progress in the exercise of the virtues, which we had a whole series on the virtues. So by doing this, you are hindering yourself from growing in virtue, growing in these habits. And that idea, that disordered affection for created goods, we start loving having this affection for our stuff, which is weird. (laughs) Yes. And and profoundly human. Yeah, there's a great debate between religious communities over the vow of poverty. Mm. So uh, when I was in college seminary, we had Franciscans and we had Jesuits. Both live poverty very differently. (laughs) Um, And I think this is a good 
way for us to think about it. So the Franciscans, their view of poverty is lack of stuff. That they just, they, they ask the question, do I need it or do I want it? If the answer is want, they just don't get it. If they need it, then they buy the least expensive version of whatever they need. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Jesuits' view <laughs> is I can get whatever I can afford, but if it were taken away from me, I wouldn't care. Mm. So they have the stuff, but they don't have a perverse attachment to it so that if it's ever taken away they're not left in this like destitute place of you know why did i lose this this nice thing right uh, dear listener if you have one of these coats they are phenomenal i i i'm not they're not a paid sponsor yeah they're not a paid sponsor but nor and, and we're also not saying that you you're going to hell for wearing a canada goose coat but the idea is like if i have this coat and i walk past a mother with a child in an alley in the cold winter do I say, they need this coat more than I do right now because I can go out and buy another coat. Which do I take it our off? Our Lord would say. Do I take it off and I say, here, wrap yourself in this yeah. and walk away without, any, you know what I mean? Like, so that's that Jesuit idea right. of detachment from worldly goods. And that's poverty and spirit. poverty and spirit, yeah. yes. I can give this away and feel no regret or guilt or bad feelings because I'm not attached to it. Important fact, probably, like, I'm happy to give this away. Right. This actually is what I I want to give this to you. Right. Um, Which is, I mean, that's obviously the highest. So they needed a coat. They wanted a coat. They wanted that particular brand of coat. They could afford that coat. They bought the coat. They bought the coat. But they're not attached. Their identity isn't linked to the coat. So that's where, and I'm I'm picking on Jesuits right now, but it's it's not just a Jesuit-Franciscan debate. It's a, this is a general debate among religious of what is, what is poverty? Um, and that's, you know, then the people who don't understand what the church l- means by poverty, then they, that becomes a classic argument for why, you know, organized religions are fake because, oh, the church claims to be poor, but look at these big, beautiful buildings and, right. you know, the priests don't look all that poor and blah, 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 blah. But right. it's, and, and we're all called to live in a sense simplicity of life. Um, so let's talk about that, okay. that idea of, simplicity minimalism like mm-hmm. is that is that the goal of a christian life it, or how do we disentangle minimalism simplicity from just living life and just occasionally accruing stuff like again i think you, you always have to look at the, the disposition of your heart right so there you know as as a family man it, your 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 daughters come home with artwork with um, a project that they worked hard on with something from school. They they have their medals and their trophies and uh, and all the the stuff that isn't a picture on your phone. And you're proud of your daughters and you want to display those things and they want to display them because they're proud of their hard work and their accomplishments. Like so, yeah, you're collecting stuff there and there's some sentimental value there. Um, but in the disposition of your heart, it's all out of a love for your children and some pride in their work. So is it, is it, it's not minimalistic to have that stuff displayed, but are you displaying it 
to show off to others. Mm. Like, look how talented my my children are. Let me brag about all their accomplishments. Or is it you're proud of them and you love them and you want them to see that there's these fruits of working hard and doing what you're supposed to do and they serve as reminders for that virtue, the virtues you're trying to, you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. and someone from the outside can judge whatever, but don't listen to them. You have to listen to, to the interior of your heart. You know, it's for me as, as a priest, you know, one thing I've been struggling with are all of these books that I've accumulated from seminary and people give me books all the time as gifts. And yeah, in my office, it looks nice and it makes me look very studious and intelligent to have this like library behind me. <laughs> So go ahead, Father. No, tell us a percentage so that you read. <laughs> I probably read none of them. <laughs> I've read some. There you go. Um, some. The percentage is some. Dear listener. But when I had all these, <laughs> especially when I was moving here, when I would and my old suite as an associate, and I was moving to the pastor suite, I'm boxing up all these books, and yet yeah, there was some laziness there that I just didn't want to carry these books. But I was also like, why do I need all of these books? Like, yeah, it looks nice of a full bookshelf, but. The ones that I read, I decided I'd give away. And so I, I gave away all the books that I read. I kept the books that I haven't read. And as I've been reading books, I've been giving them away, um, either to whoever. Um, Is there ever a book that you read, But it's that though? detachment, you know, I don't need these things. Yeah. I don't need to make look like I'm the studious guy by having this room, this library in my collection. You know, I don't need that. Oh, people keep things. We talked about, we're going to wrap this up. For sentimentality, it's understandable, but you gotta let and things go. At some go. point, you let things go. Um, at some point, the medals, the trophies, the A plus tests from your children—not your children, but in general, children—those serve as good reminders and and motivators. But eventually, okay, when you're there in high school, that third grade spelling test that they got an A plus on—that's not quite motivating them anymore. I, so yeah. now it's time to. In a shocking Let turn of go. events, when when my parents were like, "Okay, here's your stuff," I wasn't like, "Yes, finally, my my 12 year old baseball tro- trophy." Yeah, I, like it's not. At the end of the day, it's it's okay to get yeah. rid of some of these things. Um, maybe even most of them. Yeah. Um, utility, right? That utility. that fear of like, oh well, this is a useful thing. We were talking about like I had a subscription to Food and Wine magazine. Some great great recipes in there. I even used a few of them, but I had a stack of magazines and all the recipes are online. Yeah. And if I really Variety wanted to not have to sit, I could have ripped out a page yeah. and just held it. Right. So there is that fear of utility, that thing that can do one thing really well and you used it once and you mm-hmm. probably will use it again. But you know, that's right. again, if you're, if you, if, what's the, what is the rule? If you haven't used it in three years, toss it. I even say a year. Yeah, a year. Um, Value is another thing, right? Like, oh, well, this is going to be worth something. Like, I mean, this is, these are patent leather boots from the 1970s. Uh, Nobody wants them now, but in 10 years, it's going to be a collector's item. These things will go for $1,000. Yeah. You know, it's, again, let it go. I think you don't even necessarily need to throw it away, but but donate to like Goodwill or something like that. Some of the Salvation Army, some, some place that can find Potentially someone who actually wants to use that, yeah. that thing. Um, and, and then just in general, just greed, covetousness. Greed, right? yeah. I just want to All these things. Stuff. I want and it because it's there. I want it. It's mine. I paid for it. Whatever. I, I earned this. I deserve this. 
whatever. It's our, we should not have treasures on earth. Our treasure should only be in heaven. I love it. And speaking of all of this, dear listener, so we're going to have all kinds of projects on our parish service day. Um, we're going to be painting that hallway that you really can't see. We're going to be ripping out stair treads in the school. Getting rid of some of the earthly treasures. Getting rid of many of our earthly treasures from our 124-year parish history. Um, <laughs> throwing, throwing away that junk. Um, and so whether you can uh, sign up online, show up the day of, but just come and help us out this Saturday, June 3rd, 8.30 Mass in Church. We'll start our projects after Mass at 9 a.m. We'll end at noon with pizza. We can use all the help we can get, so come and join us on June 3rd. And just in case you're worried about hearing these words like throwing away, throwing away, throwing away, we are, but we're doing it in a pretty responsible manner. Two weeks after our um, parish service day, the alderman's office is going to bring, Samantha Nuchin's office is going to bring a recycling of electronics. Electronic recycling. And paper shredding uh, uh, day to our parking lot. So all of the electronics we remove from the school that are obsolete mm-hmm. and not used, we are going to, you know, dispose of them in a... And in old TVs we have in closets here. Old TVs <laughs> and old records. we got plenty of old stuff. And we're going to do it in a way that's responsible as stewards of yes. the earth, which is how God... And cleaning out these closets. Oh, all the things. Which I love doing. You want to talk about therapy. <laughs> the wrongest crap out is therapy. Well, thank you, Father. Great therapy. You've helped me. <laughs> we're trying. You've helped me. <laughs> All right, well, this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen.